everybody. Kurt Schlichter here for the Unredacted Podcast for Town Hall VIP. You know, I was promising you that I would figure out how to use Zoom, not in the Jeffrey Tubin way, because I'm not going to... Oh, there's Kira Davis is freaking talking for reasons that are unclear. Go ahead! Just fuck my podcast up! I'm totally podcasting! I, this is important, people. You want to hear this. Just ignore Kurt. He's such an asshole. Just ignore him. Oh, I have something to say. Why I have something to say. You, We're not serving you spaghetti next time you come over to our house. That's Bullshit. All I'm Lies. Say. Lies. I wow. am Kira Davis, and I am running for school board. Yes, <laughs> yes, guys. Kira Davis is running for Orange County School Board, and I've already hooked her up with a major contributor. So yes. he wants to meet. It's uh, He texted me and he wants to hook you up with the Lincoln Thank Project. Thank you. Kira Not the Lincoln Project, the Lincoln no. Club. KiraForSchoolBoard.org. She doesn't have to do any more Although the Lincoln Project would have, probably have more interest in kids. Nobody gets out. Okay, anyway, what's going on here is I am at Nick Searcy's palatial estate bought by the ill-gotten gains of uh, cavorting with Hollywood. The ill-begotten gains. Ill-begotten. Ill-begotten. Yeah. It sounds like Old Testament. It begot. Jebediah begot Jebedee. Who begot? They're illegitimate gains. Illegitimate gains. You're, oh, you're, you're too legit to quit. Okay, guys, you guys, I'm, I'm going to be quiet now, and you guys, just everybody go back to your thing, but come over and wander over and join in the convo. But I got Nick Searcy here. Uh, Hello, everybody. Everybody, star of stage and screen. You you know him from such films as literally every fucking movie that's ever been made. <laughs> he actually he was actually Johnny Sacco's mentor in Johnny Sacco and the Giant Robot. Not a lot of people know that. What? It was the greatest show ever. It was a Japanese monster show uh, where a kid who's like 10 years old, they're like, give him a handgun. And he's like literally 10 years old and he's packing a handgun, killing the enemies of goodness and rightness. It's the, it's one of the great. No, that's not Gamera. That's a different thing. There's another Japanese child with a gun in Gamera, isn't there? Is there? I, I, look, I, look I, hey, I just I know, wasn't in that one. I just know Johnny Sacco. I don't know. I, I don't know Gamera. That's Kelly Jane Aiden. Yeah. Arena is over here. Mr. Kira Davis, Mark is over here. He's, he's hanging. I got uh, uh, Gary and Shelly Eden are in the house. There's a bunch of people now. Stacia's here. All right. Yeah. Leslie's here. I'm getting a picture taken by Kira. I know. You guys from uh, Town Hall are going to go, oh, fuck, Kurt's doing it again. I can't believe you get paid to do something like that. Dude, I get so much fucking money. I get, hey, man, I get Town Hall money. June! Town Hall money. Town Hall money, baby. So tell us, what's it like being an internationally known actor who's hated by all the other actors because you're not a fucking communist pussy? Well, it's quiet. It's kind of quiet. It's relaxing. I don't have to do very much. Not a lot of phones. Not a lot of phone ringing. Not, none of that. I, I, I work every once in a while with people that aren't idiots. You actually do work a lot. You were in, what, three of five uh, best films. Yeah, like three or five best picture films. I was in two films nominated in the same year. I okay, was there was there was there was one about the billboards in Missouri. Yeah, and the other about the guy who fucked a fish. Right. And, and that one won. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a girl who fucked a fish. The shape of the shape of water. The shape of water. Yeah. And the shape of water is pretty much like a penis, apparently. Yeah. 
Well, in that movie, I was the guy that wanted to kill the guy, the fish that wanted to fuck the girl. So, I mean, I was the good guy. Yeah, man, you were the hero. You were the hero. But did the movie know that? No, the movie didn't realize that. I think there are a lot of people. Look, America is dividing into uh, liberal, affluent type people and fucking uh, normal people. And and we're seeing, yeah, it's called English, baby. Um, That's my wife, Arena. Uh, Now, one of the things I've been very focused on, because no one is more in touch with the Hispanic American community than I am. Absolutely. Because you. Me, Kurt Schlichter. That's right. You live with the Spanish community. The Latinx. Thank you, Mickey. The Latinx. Love Latin. Yeah, Arena's like in love with that. Here's an idea for fun with Arena. If you see Arena out, put on your Che t shirt. Come up and go, I'm Latinx and I hate America. That'll work out fucking great. So you should you should do that. But, well, yeah, sexual other kids. But back to me. I know, and it's like I know it's like the Hispanic guys are going. Que esta other kid? Un perverso grande! No es bueno! Es un frico! The fucko! But look, the Hispanic Americans aren't putting up with that shit. Right. And those are pretty much the words. Yep. We have dogs on the podcast. Well, look. What, how do you survive as a uh, 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 an, a working actor? And you do work a lot. I mean, there are people who would kill themselves to have this kind of palatial estate. Well, I, I've been very fortunate. I, I worked a lot in my uh, 30s and 40s and 50s. And uh, I've been fortunate in that I've done... Memor- I've been able to do memorable projects that people remember. And like Justified. Like Justified. And like, uh, Which I actually saw before I met you. Right. And I was like, I really enjoy this guy because he's just, you know, Art Mullet. He, he, he's fun. Every time he comes on screen, I'm like, yeah. oh, antics challenge soon. <laughs> well, that character is based on my own father. That's uh, really? man, my dad's sense of humor and everything. That's the way my dad. My dad was a boss. He ran restaurants. He was a contractor, and that's the way he talked to uh, the people that I grew up watching him talk to. So. Well, it, it, it's funny. What, what's? I, I don't think funny is the right word. It's interesting to me. I know you personally. I know your personality. And when I see you perform, either on screen or on stage, because you invite us to see you as. Uh, uh, I played Raymond Chandler. Raymond Chandler. Yeah. In a play at a, a a big theater in Orange County, and we go down, and Arena and I are like, we have dinner. Oh, we're gonna go see our friend Nick. He's gonna be on stage. We didn't see Nick. We saw an actor, and and we were just blown away. The, the thing is, it, it wasn't like a surprise. It was just like, oh wait a minute, this guy's really good at what he does. Yeah. I mean, we and beyond, totally beyond, drunk, to be honest. Well, I mean, I mean, we're no, obviously we're doing a lot of coke. You were good. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> oh, thank you. I saw it sober up yeah. in L.A. in Westwood. <laughs> ah. And, uh, this is Stacia the, yeah, the, joining in. And the Raymond Chandler. Billy and Ray. Yeah, Billy and Ray. Billy and Ray. Yeah. It was great. And I've been a huge Raymond Chandler fan for years. I yeah. Noir. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it was it was a fantastic play. And I'm not even a big theater person. Yeah. But it was, was like, really, really, like, really yeah. 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 Nick is entirely an You know, for just, but, but the I thing mean, is. that's when it came home to all of us. Wow. We know an actor. But, I mean, we, we get that a lot. So cool. I mean, somebody like, we'll see, uh, 
I had a chance to see Gary Eaton, who's over here with his band. And, and to us, he's like a great guy, a fun guy. And he gets up with his band and he has played with unbelievable groups right. uh, in the Los Angeles milieu yeah. that I grew up in. I, you know, I mean, just, you know, he like dated one of the lesser Go-Go's. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like seeing him up there and this is my friend. And he's killing it. He's destroying it. It's what it's like. This is rock and roll. And then I see Kira Davis, who I know is somebody who's slurped my spaghetti at my house. And she gets. And she gets. It is not a euphemism. I really make good spaghetti. She's up there, and she's just a, a terrific radio host. Um, how do you separate yourself from the job? If that makes any sense. Well, it's, it, you know, when you grow up doing theater your whole life, and you, I, I started doing plays when I was, you know, 12 years old. And really? I decided that I wanted to be an actor when I was very young. I, I was in a college town, and I got a couple of roles as a child. Well, look, you were in one of the college. Carolinas. Yeah. I don't know which North one. North Carolina. There's yeah. a couple of the them. The smart one. So you're in West Carolina. The, the North Carolina. Yeah. And, and, and you decide, I'm going to be an actor. Did people go, what the hell are you talking about, yeah. boy? Nobody knew any actors, and, like, all my relatives were preachers and teachers. That, that's it, you know. And, so they were always performers. They were always like, why do you want to do that? Why don't you be something useful like a lawyer? They wanted me to be a lawyer. Well, then, now, 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 look, if you want to impugn the intellect of the Southern or any people, you'd say, why don't you want to be somebody useful like a lawyer? No, but here's the thing. No, no here's the thing, and I, I think this is interesting. Your family were teachers and yes. preachers. Yeah. In the South, everything about uh, acting and presentation is based on uh, preachers. Yeah, everything. I think so. I think so. And, yeah. and and frankly, I as a as a trial lawyer, I get in front of people, I steal. Uh, shamelessly yeah. from preachers. Well, for a long time, I thought I wanted to be a preacher. When I was a child, that's what I thought I wanted to be. And then I realized... And then you had a dalliance with ball, and that didn't work out. <laughs> no, no, what I realized was it's like the thing that attracted me was like he was on stage and people were listening to him. Yes, I always what liked I that person. Yeah. <laughs> See, do, do you get stage fright? Yeah, sure. Really? Yeah, still. I get no stage fright. I can no. go in front of a thousand people... I don't care at all. No. So it doesn't bother me. Oh, oh my God. That, that's because I'm a sociopath. Thank you. My <laughs> wife and my friend Kelly Jane think I'm a sociopath. Well, I've no. been doing stand-up. I've been, I've been trying to do stand-up with my friend Rodney Carrington. So you've been doing stand-up? Yeah, for the last year and a half. Does that frighten you? Absolutely. It's terrifying every time. Why is it frighten you? Well, it, with, with stand-up, you're standing in front of all these people and you're presenting material that you've created and you're going to show the you're going to express this material to them to make them laugh. You can't blame it on the writer. You're the writer. On, yeah. You can't blame it on anybody else. This is your material. You're your And instant feedback. Yeah, and instant feedback. And so, yeah, it's it, I, it, it. By the last four or five times that I did it, it was not as terrifying as when I started, obviously. But I still get a little... You know, really, I got to say this first, or else it won't set up that joke, and then this thing has to come after that, or that won't make sense. I mean, it's more about like remembering where everything comes, and the nervousness comes about: Am I going to present this material the best way? I, I think that's a. I think that comes from you being because look, I, I was a stand-up, mm. 
I never cared. Yeah. I I yeah, always really did. My yeah, Arita's like he didn't care. He didn't it showed. Really yeah, it shows now. It's on the podcast. <laughs> you obviously don't I know I prepped, <laughs> I prepped the shit out of this, folks. No, because I, I would go out and I, I I knew I was funny and yeah. I didn't care if they thought I was or wasn't. Yeah. And when they wouldn't, I would go insane. I once did the Werner Klemperer oh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> that was just the word of Klepperer bit was not good. I thought it was great. <laughs> well, I think you're right though. But... Oh, hacks through the ages. Oh my god, guys, I'll do hacks through the ages for you sometime. <laughs> But I think you're right. It comes from being a theater person. That's why I'm nervous. Because when a theater person, you, you grow up doing the theater, you're presenting material and you have worked on it for months and you are presenting But you didn't it. write it. I didn't write it, but you are trying to execute it in a way that serves the material. Right? And so when you're, yeah, you want to be good at serving the material. When you're doing stand-up, it's a different, it's yes. a totally different thing. And because you have to build a relationship with the audience. Right. Now, when you were doing stand up, did you ever drop your script and go with where the audience was going? A couple times. A couple times. Isn't that the best? Isn't that the best? Yeah, it was still terrifying. That's when I was really terrified. (laughs) And you got, I never got scared about that. That, for me, that was like, I'm trying not to describe it in a sexual way, but yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I think you just did. You know. It's your podcast. It's my podcast, damn it. But this yeah, is when not I would, a Jeffrey Tubin Zoom call. When I would go off script and I was kind of improvised, it was like there's a little voice in the back of my head going, you're going to lose the thread. You're not going to get to that joke that you know is going to kill them. You know, it's like all that thing. I've, I've like blocked it you, out like you, a play you, in my yeah, head. That, see, you know? that's, that's what makes it tough to do stand-up. Yeah. Because for me, stand-up is an organic and I think process that you have to hit as it happens. And it's going to be, if you hit in stand-up, when you haven't expected it and they haven't expected it, it's huge. That's pretty much like a three-way with cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not that I've had that more than a couple of times. Several times. I'm not saying I've had sex with multiple cheerleaders at once, but come on, but not right? More, not more than once or twice. <laughs> okay, a lot of conservatives out there would love to be in the world of entertainment. They'd love to do what you've done. In fact, a lot of leftists would too, because you've you've met you've been what. A character actor, mm-hmm. but you've actually done it because you are a recognizable guy. Where they go, oh, it's Nick Searcy. Mm-hmm. This is going to be good. He's going to be that great. son of a bitch again. It's that guy. <laughs> what now? A conser- a young conservative wants to go to Hollywood. They need advice on technique and they need advice on how to navigate the waters. Right. First, let's talk about technique. Then let's talk about how you navigate the fact that. Hollywood's full of communist uh, pedo-enabling perverts. Right. Well, step one is you learn your technique by doing it. So the best thing you can do if you want to be an actor is to do plays, do do as much theater as you can. You you don't learn it in class. You learn it by getting up in front of an audience. You you need to do that first. And as far as the conservative side of things go, uh-huh. Hollywood's dead. 
the old way. What do you way, mean by Hollywood? I mean, does. the old way of coming to Hollywood and getting discovered, that is over. The way people make it in Hollywood now is by being on Instagram or being on YouTube, creating their own content, doing their own thing. So if you want to be an actor now, learn to do it by doing theater and then create your own content. Doesn't that create a bunch of opportunities for people that didn't exist before? That's exactly right. And you don't so have this to be isn't here. a bad thing. No, it's not this bad. This is actually a good thing for conservatives. Well, what's happened, when I came up, I'm 63 years old, when I came up, it was impossible to make your own content. Uh -huh. It was impossible. The, they, the gatekeepers in Hollywood had all the means of production, uh, had everything. When, when you were coming up, my brother, who owns a production company, called me up. I, he was one of my first clients as a law firm, which was 24 years ago yesterday, right. and said, Kurt, I just spent $100,000 to create, get an Avid machine so I can edit content. I can edit on my fucking cell phone. Exactly right. And so the means of production are now right there in front of you. You have it in your hand. Uh -huh. I've seen movies that were shot on iPhones. There was a movie called Tangerine, which is a really great movie. Shot it on an iPhone, edited on an iPhone. Everybody can make their own movie now. You don't have to go to Hollywood to make it. So that's what I tell people. Who say, so what's the thing that people need? At one point it was, do you have the ability to make a movie? Can, do you have the... Now that that's essentially gone because the barrier is so low, what makes you valuable to Hollywood? Your content. The, the quality of your content. If you're a good storyteller, uh -huh. if you're a good storyteller and you can express yourself... Even in a five-minute video, a 10-minute video, a 15, whatever. Or you make a feature film. You make a 90-minute feature film. If your content is good and people want to watch it, you don't need Hollywood. You don't need them. You, you don't have to go through the gatekeepers anymore because they don't have the power that they used to have. Are the distribution systems developed well enough yet to make the money that you need to survive and, and produce content continually? That's my concern. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I think the days of like having, I don't think we're going to see another Quentin Tarantino. I don't think we're going to see another Spike Lee. I don't think that's really? going to occur anymore. Well, I think well, people, well that, and I, what I mean by that is that people who come up through the Hollywood system. Okay, so, the, so these and, these guys who we would think of outsiders actually came up through the system. Well, they got they were they were uh, they became part of the system. The system absorbed them. Well, I mean, I, I watched uh, Reservoir Dogs, Karen, Karen, Karen Tarantino's first movie a little while ago. It was clearly. Uh, uh, executed by a real studio. Right. Yeah. But to get the chance to do that, you can make your own movie. You make your own movie, you show you can do it, maybe someone will throw you that money. Right. And I think that's really how you how you make your way anymore is that you it's the quality of your content. The quality of your content. Well, let me ask you one thing. And uh, I'm recording it, so you can't back out. It's legally binding. If I somehow find funding for the Kelly Turnbull series of conservative action novels, will you appear as Clay Deeds, the mentor to Kelly Turnbull, the hero? Absolutely. And not only that, I will direct the film if they will allow me to do so. Ooh, sexy. But you also have to appear as Nick Searcy, Senator. Senator, yes. Who yeah, dual role, yeah. which I would totally do because I think it's fucking hilarious. I'll grow a beard for one, and then I'll shave for the Senate. See, I love that. Wait, will you shave your entire body? I will. Nice! I've done that before. Holy shit! But that okay. was Have you ever done nude scene? I, I did one. You did nude scene? I did a nude scene, and I had to have a writer. 
Because what? I said I, I have to have a rider because I don't want to do dorsal nudity. <laughs> Frontal nudity is fine. I'm, I'm proud of that. You'll throw but out the whole hog. I don't want the camera to see this. But you know what? Wow. No yeah. So you're willing to you're willing to throw down with? Uh, I'll show them the the you know the pickle, but you know. <laughs> But not no, not no not the not you'll the show up the whole butcher shop, yeah. but not the back room. No, that's when, right. You in the contract, it said it could only be shown on IMAX. On yeah. IMAX? No, I'm a, wow. I'm a front door man. I'm not a back wow. door. Wow. Well, I uh, this is this has actually sorry, been the greatest uh, town hall VIP con. Uh, uh, wow. I think I need a cut of this one. I don't even know where the fuck to go with that. This is Kurt Schlichter. You have been listening to, and Arena's still talking. You've been listening to Unredacted, the Town Hall VIP uh, podcast with Kurt Schlichter. I want you to go to my locals page, get on that. It's a all Kurt Schlichter stuff, plus a lot of great stuff by the uh, gladiators on the Kurt Schlichter Arena site. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday are my uh, columns. You'll want to see the stream of consciousness on Thursdays. You want to go and get, hold on, I'm, look, I'm pimping like Huggy Bear, motherfuckers. Right. You want to go and get the Kelly Turnbull series of conservative action novels, which uh, uh, Nick Searcy uh, has just made a binding legal contract to participate in if they ever get made. And uh, you want to go pre-order, we'll be back, uh, which has been blurred by Nick Searcy. That's right. I just sent in a blurb today. And also Terror on the Prairie. Terror on the Prairie, your movie. June 29th. It stars Gina Carano and Nick Searcy. Uh, I think I think Gina's going to be a big star. Yes, he already is, and and this movie's going to because she's going to get the rub from me. I mean, she's going to be appearing with me. Uh, you're the villain, right? That's right. I'm I'm the terror. I'm the title. You're the terror. She's the plane. Yeah, she's the prairie. I'm the terror. I get it. I get it. Uh, by the way, I think uh, mark my words. Within the next three years, as uh, as we look at a, a very good chance of having a president DeSantis, I would not be surprised if uh, Disney came back to Gina Carano and said, uh, well, uh, Gina, I, uh, we'd, uh, we'd kind of like you to come back. And Gina should say, no thanks. Well, Gina should say, ka-ching. <laughs> all right, that is uh, unredacted. What a great time. Thank you all. We got we got a, a bunch of great folks here, and uh, thank you to our special guest Nick Searcy. And now the editing starts. Uh, now the editing starts. <laughs> Audio's fine. <laughs>